your Bibles this morning, if you would, and turn to uh, Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter number one, if you're able to this morning, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. Stand out of respect for the Word of God this morning. Luke chapter number one. As we entered into this month of December, of course, Christmas time is a, is a special time of the year. And this is one of the portions that has become very dear to me this morning. God led me back to Luke 1 for today's message that I've entitled, The Grace of Christmas. The Grace of Christmas. And we'll begin reading in verse 26. We'll read down to verse number 38. And you follow along this morning. The Bible says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born uh, of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your grace, how evident it is, especially at a time of year like this. Lord, we think of your son Jesus and how he came. Lord, we're thankful for those that you used as you brought your son into this world. Now bless our time this morning, Lord. Bless your word as you have promised. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When I look at this passage this morning, it reminds me of a song that may or may not be popular to some, but it's definitely one you hear often during Christmas is the song, Mary, Did You Know? And over and over again in that song, it is said, Mary... Did you know? My answer to that is, well, of course she did. Say, how do you know she did? Because the angel told her. It happened exactly the way that she was told. I think it's a great example, what we read this morning, of the wonderful account of the grace of God. Now, sometimes people don't understand what grace really is. And sometimes I know that when I struggle, I usually go to something that maybe would help me to get a hold of it. And so I, I brought this nice bag of Christmas items with me this morning. And so 
This morning, I, I guess I'm going to kind of play Santa Claus to a few people. And this young man, he looks like he needs someone to give him a little encouragement today. I don't think he had quite enough donuts this morning, or maybe his wife was mean to him. I don't know what it was, but I just sense that Zach's spirit just kind of needs to be picked up a little bit this morning. And so, Zach, would you like to know what is inside this bag? Yes, Pastor. Okay, and, and so you didn't sound real confident there. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what's in the bag. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Zach. Uh, who do you think this bag belongs to? No, 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 this bag doesn't belong to the church. Who's holding this bag? <laughs> this is my bag. And, and who do you think uh, the items inside this bag belong to? To you. To me, yeah. And so, uh, you know, just trying to see if Zach's awake and he's paying attention this morning. And so uh, this, now, would you like what's inside this bag? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many of you know that pastor would never give you anything bad? <laughs> right? I mean, he acts like it's like a work detail that I've got in this bag or something. But honestly, I mean, Zach, I'm looking at what's in this bag, and I think you want it. Oh, okay. So he's, he's kind of changing his tone a little bit. So, you know, Zach, okay, uh, since you sound so excited and you want it, I, I guess I'll give it to oh, you this morning. So, so you know, here, wait a minute. Nobody, they didn't see it. So anybody else want what's inside this bag? That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. So his wife now wants what's inside that bank. By the way, Zach, uh, that's a gift to you. Thank you, Pastor. You don't have to do anything for it. It's just a gift for you. No strings attached. Do you believe me? I do believe you. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's see here. Um, Mr. Greg, since I picked on you last hour, yes, Pastor. Uh, I've got, I have something else in this bag. Would you like what's inside this bag? But of course. But of course. Uh, a little better than Zach. Maybe, maybe Zach will go to the altar after the service. I don't know. But so you would like what? So who does this bag belong to? It's to you, Pastor. It does belong to me. He's paying attention. The bag belongs to me. Would you like what's inside this bag? Yes, Pastor. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad you got a good attitude about it. So I'll tell you what. I'll give you that. And there's an extra. <laughs> Snickers. Snickers makes everything. But by the way, that's a gift. You don't have to do anything for it. Just wanted to give that to you. And you know, a lot of times, instead of just saying it's a gift for you, they used to say in old Bible days, grace to you. It's a gift to you. Let's see. I think I have one more thing in this bag. And uh, let's see here. Yeah, I have one more thing. Uh, Brother Mario, how you doing, Brother Mario? Doing good, Pastor. Yeah. Would you, would you like what's inside this bag? Sure. Maybe where I went wrong was I should have used women instead of men for this illustration. I, I don't know, but uh, who do you think this bag belongs to, Mario? Definitely yours. It's, it's my bag. It is my bag. And, and so would you like what's inside this bag? Sure. Yes. Okay. All right. You, you would like it? Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. Okay. Good, good, good. So, so I, I have, uh, let's see here. Maybe, maybe I guess I saved the best for last. And so... Uh, so I'm going to give Brother Mario, see, like, like unlike Brother Kenny that gives fake money. <laughs> now, don't get excited. It's just $2, but it's probably all the money that Mario has now, is right? <laughs> yeah. So, Mario, that's a gift for you. You don't have to do anything for it. And that's, that's my grace to you. That's my grace. Now, 
again, when you, you're welcome. See, he said thank you. Did you hear that? He said thank you. And so, now I did borrow the bag, Zach, from the church, all right? <laughs> so when you think about grace, that, that's what God's grace is. God's grace is something that's of value. God's grace is something that we don't deserve. It's getting something nice that we don't deserve. And when I think about Christmas time, uh, I think about what the Lord gave to us and how what God did was he offered it to us, his grace, he offered it to us freely. No strings attached. Uh, that's why I love, the, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the, help me out, gift of God. Do you pay? Look, when you receive a gift, do you pay for it? No, because if you do, it's no longer a gift, right? So that's what I love about God's grace. God gives us his grace. I, I love when you study the word of God because here's what it teaches is, and I love the acronym, is that it's unmerited favor. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what grace is. Uh, it, Jesus paid it all. We sing that song. All to him I owe. Uh, the, the word that you find in, in the Christmas story many times and over in, in, in the book of Isaiah is the word Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's say that together. God with us. What's the name? Emmanuel. You see, God came down to us. This is what Christmas is all about. When Luke begins his gospel record, and we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we talked a little bit on our Sunday school hour about that, that remember that for 400 years, there had been silence uh, as far as revelation from God to man. That throughout the Old Testament, God used the prophets to record what we now call books in our Bible that we can still read, we can still study, that can help us in our lives because what happened to them can help us so that we don't make some of those same mistakes and we can understand how we live our lives by studying the Word of God. But when we get to the New Testament of our Bible, there's been 400 years where there's been no new prophecy. And we find that as God begins to work and move on the hearts of his people, he first, as it mentioned in our passage, he allows Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth to know that they're going to have a son. Anybody remember whose Zechariah's son's name was? John, right? And John the Baptist, oftentimes we call him. The Bible actually says John Baptist. And a lot of times you think about the scriptures and how this was the first word. Remember how Zechariah, he, he struggled with that. You know, they, they wanted to name the child something else. But remember, God said his name will be John. And we find here that God begins to communicate. God begins to reveal. And after Zechariah and after Elizabeth's announcement of their son, that we come to our text today where the angel comes to Mary and he reveals God's will concerning Listen, not just a child, but the redemption of all mankind. That's what Mary received. George Truett said, Christ was born in the first century, yet he belongs to all centuries. He was born a Jew, yet he belongs to all races. He was born in Bethlehem, yet he comes and belongs to all countries. This morning, listen, we're here in South Florida, Pembroke Pines, Florida, but can I tell you, people everywhere across this nation and around the world, 
everywhere are worshiping the Lord. They're giving thanks to God for his amazing grace. Yes, Jesus was born a Jew, but he came for all people of all races, of every generation, for every country. And this morning, what we need to see and what we need to hear is the announcement of the grace of Christmas. Notice, first of all, the proclamation of grace. Look back in verse number 26, what the Bible says in Luke 1. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. The story unfolds in this city known as Nazareth. Uh, it was a small city. It had a military outpost. A Roman garrison lived, uh, was there and, and occupied much of Nazareth. They, they estimated at this particular time there was probably less than a hundred people that lived in the city of Nazareth. It was not a, a place that people said, hey, I want to take vacation next week and I want to go to Nazareth. Most people avoided it. As a matter of fact, Nathaniel said in the Bible, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And yet we see the announcement, the proclamation. Notice it was a sudden appearance. The Bible says in verse 27 that the angel came to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. If the Bible mentions the angel Gabriel, the name Gabriel means warrior of God, a man of God. He was bringing the message of God. We see Gabriel mentioned in other places in the word of God, but here it was a sudden appearance of this angel to Mary, and it was to a surprised audience. The angel came just to one person. It was the audience of one as he came to Mary. And the Bible mentions that Mary was a virgin. Now, again, people have different concepts of things, but when you study it out, even in the biblical context, a, a virgin is a woman that has had no sexual relations with a man of any kind. That's what a virgin is. Mary was a pure woman. Matter of fact, in that one verse, three times, the Bible mentions God tells us that she was a pure woman. Look at verse 27 again, to a virgin. Notice secondly, espoused to a man. That means that she was keeping herself for that time that she would come together, that she would consummate in our economy. We call that oftentimes an engagement. But notice it also mentions in verse 27, to, of the house of David and the virgin's name, third time, that God, by his Holy Spirit, helps us understand that she was a pure woman. She was about 16, maybe 17 years of age, but the Holy Spirit took great care, not only to help us to understand the name of this woman, but the nature of this woman. She was a woman that was a godly woman. She is the unnamed woman of the Bible's record in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Look at it, the Bible says there, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Mary is the one, now look, the woman does not produce the seed, but Mary would be the one that would conceive of the Holy Ghost. Uh, her son would ultimately, according to Genesis 3.15, way back in the beginning of our Bible, her son would be the one that would ultimately destroy Satan. Now, that verse helps us understand one thing, and that is Satan would bruise the heel of Christ. 
But understand, it goes on to say that Christ would bruise the head of Satan. Now, bruising the head is a blow to the head. That's a death blow. Understand that oftentimes we might have a a bruised heel, but we're still able to live. We're still able to function. And what is this talking about? It's talking about that Jesus would have ultimately destroyed Satan. Mary was that woman of Genesis 3.15 that was prophesied about in the Old Testament. Look, for so long they had the Old Testament prophecy. They knew that God was going to send forth a Savior, a Deliverer, and they knew that it would come through a virgin. We just read in Isaiah how that that would happen. God foretold it, but for so many years, all those Jewish maidens probably thought to themselves, I wonder who she is. I wonder if it could be me. I think if you look at the text enough this morning, I think even when it happened to Mary, she was thinking to herself, is it really me? Am I the one? But yet that's what the angel told her. And we find that she was prophesied. Look at verse 28. The Bible says, the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. She was a blessed woman. She was highly favored. She was full of grace. And God, listen to this, God was with her. Remember what Emmanuel means? What does it mean? God with us. See, God was with Mary. There's a reason that God chose and God used that she was in favor. Look, more important than being in favor with, uh, with this world and having wealth and fame, look, I'd much rather have the favor of God on my life than have the fame of this world. As Christians, listen, we don't pray to Mary. The Bible doesn't instruct us to do that. Nowhere in the scriptures do I find where the word of God tells us to pray in Mary's name. But as I look at the word of God, I also understand that we don't worship Mary either. Uh, Many times, and I grew up that way, where people worship this woman. Listen, the Bible tells us that when we pray, we pray to the Father, but we're praying through the Son. We pray to him by the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.5, there is one God. One mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. See, the only way to get to God is to go through his son, Jesus. And we pray in Jesus' name. We don't pray in Mary's name. I mean, listen, if you had a problem this week, if there was some kind of health issue or something you were dealing with, let me just simply ask it this way. Do you talk to your doctor or do you talk to your doctor's mother? just a thought. So look, when I, when I need something, when I have an issue in my life, I go straight to Jesus because there's one mediator between God and man. We talk directly to the Lord and we understand that as we go to him, look, those of us that are saved, we understand this, salvation is in Christ alone. Salvation is not in Mary. The Bible says therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. God's grace, what is it? It's God coming down to us through Jesus that we can have immediate access to God. So look, don't get me wrong. While we don't worship Mary, I'll tell you this, I am thankful for Mary. I'm thankful that 
Mary was a prepared woman. She was a vessel. Listen, would this be said of all of us, a vessel that God could use? I want to be used of God. Mary was usable. What a compliment that Mary was used of God. You see, the proclamation of grace, what was it? That God's own son would come to this world, to us, through Mary. The proclamation of grace. But I want you to notice the person of grace. Look what the Bible says in verse number 30. 30 it says this morning, it says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name, what is it? Jesus. Now I'm looking at my Bible, and not only is that J capital, but it looks to me like the E, the S, the U, and the S are all capital. There's never been a sweeter name than Jesus. Let's say that name, Jesus. What a wonderful name. The name of Jesus. You see, I see as I think about the this matter of the person of grace, I think of the gift of the child. How that the angel told Mary and how that her baby would be the son of God and his name was be called Jesus. What a wonderful name, the name of Jesus. It's a powerful name. Look at Hebrews 2.14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Look, look at yourself, look at your arm, look at your hand. We are flesh and blood, right? We, when we were born into this world, God, God gave us flesh. When we look at each other, that's what we see is we see our flesh. And the Bible says that we're partakers of that flesh and blood. But look at this. He also, Jesus, himself likewise took part of the same. You know what that's talking about? We oftentimes call that the incarnation, that he robed himself with flesh that he became a man. The Bible says, why did he do that? That through death, he might destroy him, talking about Satan that had power over death, that is the devil. In other words, look, we, just like Jesus, we are more than flesh. If you go back to the Genesis account, look at the Bible says in Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils, what? The breath of life. And man became what? A living soul. Now, can I just be biblical this morning? Look at me. You and I were nothing but dirt without God. But God breathed into man. God gave us life. And man became a living soul. The Bible says in Hebrews 2.14, again, Jesus took part in that. He took part in the same, that he, listen, Jesus might have power over death. Jesus, and I know we don't like to think of it this way, but look, we celebrate his birth, but you know why Jesus was born? To die. He came to die for the sins of the world. You see, in our lives, every year on that same day, it's our birthday. But you know, eventually we're going to have a death day. But listen, God wants us to understand that Jesus did not come here to stay. Jesus came to give his life so that we could have eternal life. He came to give us victory. He came to bruise the head of Satan, Genesis 3.15. He came in order that we might, we, listen, we also 
might have victory over Satan in our lives. If Christ is in you this morning and his blood has covered your sins, can I tell you with all certainty this morning that Satan cannot possess you and Satan cannot have you and you as you are in Christ, you are on victory ground this morning because your sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus, that he is your savior, that he became a man without ceasing to be God. The Bible says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he became, look at this, we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know what Jesus was? Look at me. He was divine perfection. That's what he was. Jesus was incapable of sin. There was no sin in him, but our sin was placed upon him. Charles Spurgeon said, he who never began to be, but eternally existed, began to be what he eternally was not and continued to be what he eternally was. I want you to think about that. Very profound. In other words, in eternity past, listen, in eternity past, he was not in the form of man. In Bethlehem's manger, he began to be what he was not. But we find that as we look at it, that Jesus never stopped being who he was. He continued to be God as he came to this world. As he became man, he never ceased to be God. Somebody said, how can this be? He was the God man? Well, can I tell you this morning that if he was not a man, then who was that, in, who was that babe in Bethlehem's manger? And if he was not God, why did the choir of angels come down from heaven and sing at his birth? If he was not a man, who called himself the son of man? If he was not God, who said, I and my Father are one? If he was not a man, who was it that washed the feet of his disciples? And if he was not God, who washed them in the sins of his own blood? If he was not a man, who was that that wept at Lazarus' tomb? If he was not God, then who was it that called Lazarus forth from the grave? If he was not a man, who hungered on the, on the mountainside? And if he was not God, who fed the multitude on that same mountain with just a little lad's lunch? If he was not a man, who stood before Pilate? And they said, Behold the man. If he was not God, who caused Pilate to wash his hands and say, I find no fault in this man? If he was not a man, whose hands and feet were nailed to the cross? If he was not God, then who was it that rent the veil of the temple in two? If he was not a man, who was it that hung on the cross? If he was not God, who moved the earth from its very foundations? If he was not a man, who was it that cried out from the cross, I thirst? But if he was not God, then who gave the woman at the well living water that she would never thirst again? If he was not a man, who cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And if he was not God, who said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If he was not a man, who was it that they buried in Joseph's tomb? And if he was not God, who came forth from that same tomb three days later? And I say to you today, yes, he was a man. And yes, he was God. He was all man and he was all God and he is the God man. And we need to understand this morning that he is always God. He became man without ceasing to be God while he was still a man. Jesus did not die on the cross as the son of Joseph. Jesus died on that cross 
as the Son of God. He is the gift of God's grace. God wanted to be with us. Emmanuel. That is what Christmas is all about. God loves you and God loves me so much that he came down to us. Jesus is God's gift at Christmas. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. You see, I find the person of grace that Jesus was the gift of God. But notice the greatness of the child. You see, when some gifts are given, like when I gave that gift or wanted to give that gift to Zach, he was a little hesitant. He didn't know what was in that bag. But when I pulled those chocolate-covered M&Ms out of that bag, something changed for Zach. Some gifts are amazingly gifts that are not immediately appreciated. You ever give, give a gift to somebody at Christmas? They open it up and they see what it is. And you can tell by the look on their face it's not what they wanted or expected. And That ever happened to you? That's why some people have given up on giving gifts because it's like, why go buy something? Because they're just going to take it back anyway. And so some people either don't give a gift or they give a gift card. Say, hey, let them go get whatever they want. You know why? Because it's changed. How about this? Some of you ladies, would some of you ladies enjoy that maybe if some special guy in your life gave you a three-carat diamond ring for Christmas? How many of you ladies would like that? Yeah, uh-huh. That gift would be appreciated, would it not? But what if you took that same three-carat diamond ring and gave it to a three-year-old? You think that three-year-old would appreciate it the same way you do? My wife and I, we gave each other rings for our, on our wedding day as we stood there and set our vows to each other and I think it was our fifth anniversary, we, we, uh, I, I, I told my wife, I said, it's been five years, I said, I want to buy you the ring that I should have bought you whenever we got married, because I figured five years to wear a Cracker Jack box ring is, <laughs> don't laugh, that's all I could afford. You'll, you'll never know how many boxes of Cracker Jacks I had to go through to find that ring. And so we went, and I got her another ring, and I'll be honest with you, I, I enjoy my ring. My first ring was $30. And it, man, it was nice, 30 bucks. And I was wear, wearing it while I was working construction and it basically was egg shaped because it was so thin. And so my wife said, well, if, if I'm gonna get a new one, you need to get a new one. And so I was like, you know, like any good husband, I gave in. And so, and so she's got a ring that's really, really nice. And mine's nice, but definitely not the same cost. And so yesterday we were doing some stuff at the house and my wife had taken a ring off, she was working and uh, she went to put a ring back on and it slipped out of her finger and it bounced across the floor. And she's like, oh, I mean, and she, because it, it means so much to her that it hit the floor and she, she immediately went after it. When I think about what God has given to us, this year in January, January 22nd, will be 34 years ago that God gave me the gift of salvation, that I trusted Christ as my Savior. And you know, when I got saved, I didn't really, I was glad for my salvation. I appreciated the Lord saving my soul. But I really didn't 
know the Lord the way I know him today. Can I tell you, after 34 years, I so much more appreciate the gift today than I did 34 years ago. Are you with me this morning? When I think about the greatness of the Lord Jesus, you know, I, I think of the song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Purchase of God. Born of his spirit. Washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Are you glad for your salvation this morning? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? The Bible says, the angel said to Mary in verse 31, to call his name Jesus. The name Jesus means salvation, deliverer, savior. Isaiah said, and they shall send him a savior and a great one. I love to think about Jesus. Philippians 2, the Bible says that God hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We don't pray, listen, we don't pray to Allah, we don't pray to Buddha, but we do pray to Jesus. You know why? Because only Jesus saves. Jesus saves us from our sins. I, I, the Bible says, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to do what? Save sinners. If you're like me this morning, that's me. Jesus is my deliverer. And the Bible says that he's great. Look at verse 32. He shall be great. I love the word. Here's the word. The word is mega. You know, all these, all these fast food places, they came out with where you could get the meal or you could supersize it. That's the problem with America. We've done too many supersizes, right? But Jesus is great. The Bible says he is before all things. By him, all things consist. The Lord shall give, the Bible says, unto him the throne of his father David. Jesus is the son of God. He was God in the flesh. How about Hebrews 1.8? Look at the verse. Unto the son he saith. Now look, if it's unto the son, it's the father talking to the son. And look what he says. Unto the son he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Did you see what I saw in Hebrews 1.8? Who was it that called Jesus God? God the Father. And can I tell you this morning that if God the Father called God the Son God, then you can better believe he's God. And we see that in the Word of God this morning. Matthew 1, the Bible says, For now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, here it is again, Matthew's account, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth the Son, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Look at verse 33 in our passage. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. 
See, he's the Son of God. He is sovereign. Here's our verse from this morning. Let's say it together. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with justice, judgment and justice from henceforth forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Folks, when I look at this, I see that Isaiah was telling us that Jesus will rule and Jesus will reign over God's people and over the world, that he alone is the one to fulfill the prophecy that was given unto David in the Bible. And we see that the, the, the proclamation that was given of God's grace was to Mary, and the person of God's grace was Jesus. But then notice, we see the practice of grace. Now get a hold of this this morning. This is where you and I, we need to get a hold of what Mary did. Because some people, they come to a place in their life where they know about Jesus. They might even believe on the Lord and he becomes their savior. But when you watch their life, now that they know him or know about him, there's little or no difference in their lives. Now, I really believe personally, and I see it in the scriptures, that Jesus makes all the difference in our lives. Let me give you a good example. Look in your notes, Luke 8. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. If you know the background, this is the man identified as the maniac of Gadara. He was living among the tombs. He was cutting himself. He was naked. No man could tame him. They had tried to chain him, and he would break the chains. He was possessed of devils, but Jesus came along. Jesus spent time with this man, and it is interesting to see the difference that Jesus makes in a person's life because he's sitting He's clothed, and he's in his right mind. I love the difference that the Lord makes when he comes into our lives. Listen, just like I gave those couple items to people that God gives us his grace, and his grace is given to us to respond to others in our lives, and knowing him, his grace will produce grace in our lives, and it did in Mary's life. Look what happens. We see Mary receives God's plan. Go back to our passage in verse 34. The Bible says, Then, after the angel said all that about Jesus, then said Mary unto the angel. Now look what she says. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now isn't that just like us human beings? She's trying to figure it out from the human side of things. Look, I know how this works, Mary's saying. You know, there has to be a coming together. This just isn't humanly possible. And a lot of times we try to figure things out. We try to work things out. We do the best we can. But you know what happens is our best efforts always fall short. 
every time. Every time we try to do things, figure things out. Mary thought, how is this possible? She, maybe she thought this, what will people think if they find out that I am with child before I get married? She's thinking about this. Look at verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be of thee, born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for with God nothing shall be what? See, look here, if it wasn't enough for Mary trying to figure out, hey, listen, humanly, this isn't going to work. But then God says, listen, let me tell you how it's going to happen. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. It's going to overshadow you. Boy, if, if Mary was trying to figure it out before, she's like, I really don't get that. I, I really don't understand how this is going to happen. But I love that as you study what she's saying here is that Mary did question, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with questions. Mary questioned, she was listening, but she received the plan of God. The Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost would overshadow her. The seed would not be from a man, it would be from the Spirit, it would be divine intervention. This would be the work of Almighty God in her life. Somebody said Christ must be both God and man to atone for sin. But for this to occur, he must be conceived by the Holy Spirit and be born of a human virgin. No one else in the history of human is conceived by the Spirit and born of a virgin mother. Therefore, Jesus alone qualifies to be Savior. He alone. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus beheld him and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. How many of you believe that this morning? Amen. With God, all things are possible. Oftentimes we try to do things, but understand this was determined by God. This was God's plan. It was one thing for Mary to receive the news, but listen, it was another, secondly, to believe it. That's what Mary did. Mary believed God's plan. It, listen, here's what she said. Be it unto me according to thy what? Word. Let's say that together. Be it unto me according to thy word. Let's say it together. Be it unto me according to thy word. Mary just said, Lord, I don't really understand it all, but I believe you. I have faith in you. This was God's grace in her heart. You know what Mary was really saying there, the sentiment that she was saying, it was the very same thing that her own son that she was going to give birth to, that her own son 33, 34 years later said himself in Luke 22, look at this, saying, Father, if it be willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. The Spirit that Mary had. You know what? It was the same spirit that Jesus had. It was the spirit of grace. And the spirit of grace always accepts the sovereignty of God. It doesn't argue with God. It doesn't rebel against God. It doesn't, it doesn't kick back against the pricks of God. Look, a popular author said the world's most 
popular prayer is, Thy will be changed. But the world's greatest prayer is, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. I wonder this morning, how are you praying in your life? Lord, I understand, but Thy will be changed. Or is it, Thy will be done. Mary says, be it unto me. Lord, if that's what you want, if that's your plan, I'll trust you. Mary yielded to God's will. She yielded to the word of God. She said, be it unto me. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you find yourself in some kind of situation, listen, that maybe you were not expecting to find yourself in. Maybe you know that you should trust the Lord, but honestly, you're having difficulty. You're struggling. Things haven't gone the way you expected them to, and be honest, you're confused. This is a, an opportunity. When you find yourself in those situations, just like Mary, it's, it's your moment to use the grace of God in your life, just like Mary did. Recently, I went back, and I appreciate many of you have been praying for my father with his cancer, and he's supposed to start treatment tomorrow again for his cancer. But I sat with my father, and it was a hard thing to sit there with him and to look at him and talk to him and realize all that he'd been through. And... Um, my dad has always been kind of a private person, very proud of many things in his life, keeps a lot of things to himself. My dad was laying there in a hospital bed. He had, a, he had one of the hospital gowns on. Definitely no modesty when it comes to those things. And I was talking to my dad, and my dad said to me, he said, he, he said son, he said, this is just... This is just not ex how I expected things to be. And I kind of looked at him and I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you know, he said, I, I worked all my life providing for my family. He says, here I am. He says, I'm, I'm back in the hospital. My cancer's back after four and a half years of remission. The doctors aren't telling me a whole lot. He said, I can't even be with my wife. They just celebrated 60 years. He said, my wife's in a home. He said, her mind's failing. Half the time, she doesn't even remember who I am. He was struggling, still is struggling. Things aren't going the way he thought they should go. The way he expected things to be in his life. It's not the way my father planned it. He's struggling. And you know, as I sat there and I listened to him, I thought to myself, just like Mary, it's a time for the grace of God. It's a time for God to work. Somebody said man proposes, but God disposes. When things don't go the way we expect them to go, can I tell you that that is not a time where we quit? Don't turn to 
alcohol or drugs. Don't get angry. Don't decide, hey, you know what? I'm just going to switch spouses. That's what a lot of people do. I'll tell you what we ought to do. We ought to take another look at Mary. Take a look at what Mary said. Mary said, I don't understand it all, but be it unto me according to thy word. Let's learn like Mary did to yield to the Lord's will. I wonder this morning, have you received the grace of God into your life today? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? The grace of Christmas. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You know what that grace is? Jesus. You see, Christmas isn't about Mary. I'm thankful for her. But Christmas is about the gift of God, which is the grace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, We'll be done in just a moment. If you would, I'll ask you just to sit still for just a little bit. But I want to ask you this morning, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? How many of you, by raising your hand, would say, Pastor, I believe that? I'm glad to see that looks like almost all hands are up this morning. How many of you believe that Jesus has the power to save? How many believe that Jesus wants to save those that do not know him as their Savior. You may put your hands down. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, that's the most important decision you could ever make. The grace of God, for by grace are you saved. Would you receive God's gift of his Son? If you've never had a time in your life that you can look back and you realize that you were a sinner. Christ died for your sins. Why don't you come today and accept the gift of God? Why don't you put your faith in Jesus? Because after all, you cannot save yourself, only Jesus saves. If you need to be saved today, we wanna to give you an opportunity. How many of you would be honest this morning and say, I don't know for sure that I am saved, but God has spoken to me this morning. Would you slip your hand up this morning? No one's looking, but would you raise your hand? You can put it up, put it right back down. Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm saved. You can put it up and put it right back down. Anyone at all this morning? And I'm assuming that the rest of you that did not raise your, that did not raise your hand, that you do know Christ is your Savior. How many of you are glad for the grace of God this morning? Let's stand this morning. Lord, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for this time of year. Thank you for Mary's spirit and attitude. But I'm thankful for the gift of your son, Jesus. May we be a people this morning, your people, that want to thank you for your unspeakable gift. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.